guys, and thank you for listening to Put Your Belt on America. Um, this is episode five, and we're going to be talking about illegal immigration. This is one of our current event topics, and today I've got with me A.J. Price and Jonah Clem. A.J., how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Thanks good to hear. for having me. Good to hear. How's it going, Jonah? Good. Thanks for having me. All right. So today, uh, the, the United States, I would say, is divided on the topic of illegal immigration. There, there are many topics that we probably could talk about Jonah that we're probably mm-hmm. passionate about but we're gonna we're gonna talk about this topic for just a few moments um, many would say that when you come into this country you should come in legally or you shouldn't come in at all um, and we understand that a lot now are pressing towards well we should let people in no matter what we should be welcoming and loving and while yes we would agree we're supposed to be loving let's look at what we as Christians um, should see when mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, legal immigration. Yeah, and I think uh, that you know it doesn't matter what people think about the culture, or you know even really what governments say. Although we are, like as we're about to go over in Romans 13, be in subjection to the government. Our governing authority is the Bible, and it's it's an unquestionable authority as well. So go ahead with uh, so yeah, like, like you said, let let's do that. Let's first look at what Scripture has to say uh, on this topic. So Romans 13, you already mentioned, um, verse one says, "Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God." Uh, in that passage alone, verse one, we see that God is in control. Period. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's Trump, doesn't matter if it's Hillary, doesn't matter who's in control and who's making the laws that we're to follow, we are to follow those. Right. Uh, because they have authority over us. Um, and it's such an important thing that a lot of people don't realize that, well, that government has been put there by God. Right. Uh, and it's comforting in a sense, even mm-hmm. though we see that sometimes our, our government can be a little corrupt, if not yeah. a little, a lot. Yeah. But overall, yep. God's in control. And it's not just our government that we're supposed to be subject subject to. Right. It's it's all governments, and we can see that in First Peter two, starting in verse thirteen, it says, "Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God." that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So you can see back in uh, verse 14, it says, Or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. So whether that be ICE, you know, right. people at the, at the border. Right. You know, if you're if you're a Mexican Christian and you want to come into the country, uh, and you're not being in subjection to the the governing authorities, ICE or whoever is there, just police officers, then you're going against what Romans 13 says. Right. Right. I think that's right. And just to give context on the passage that Jonah read. We understand that in this time period, Nero was the emperor. Mm-hmm. Nero was abusive. He was persecuting Christians. I would say worse than Trump. 
I would say worse than Trump or any any president that we probably will have, right. hopefully, um, because he was persecuting Christians. That was it. Seems like that was his goal was to persecute Christians. Um, and, and Nero lived around this time frame, and Peter was saying, even be subject to his government. Mm-hmm. Even be no matter what he is doing, do the things that don't surpass God's law. Do the things that he tells you to do. Right. Because he's been put there by God, um, and, and that that is what's so powerful about that passage to me, because we're not persecuted like that at all. We've got it good, mm-hmm. um, and there are many countries right now that we can make the argument. You know, they don't have it good. They mm-hmm. they have it rough. Peter had it rough, right. and he said, "I'm going to obey him," because God put him there. Right, and that's the whole point. That coming into going to a different country is not the wrong thing here it's it's the disobedience of the of the authorities right and that's really the whole point of what Romans 13 is is going to be the application to this topic because it doesn't matter if you go to um, a country that doesn't have immigration laws sure. and live there I mean it, it, a lot of people will use Mas- Matthew 2 and verse 13 and 15 that's, that's a verse that refers to Jesus being an immigrant in Egypt for a short time. And they'll say, well, Jesus was an immigrant, so we should, we should treat others who are illegal immigrants here the same way. I mean, Jesus did it, and it wasn't wrong for him. Well, if Jesus did it, and it wasn't wrong, then it wasn't wrong. Or, you know, if Jesus did it, then it wasn't wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had no sin, and if he, if he had done that, and it was wrong... He wouldn't be our Savior. Sure, sure. But he is. And that's what, let's, let's look at Matthew 2, verse 13. And while, while you're turning there, I think it's important to realize that Christ was a baby at this point. Right. That's another thing. We, we overlook a lot of things when we try to justify with Scripture, specific Scripture. We're going to try to justify what we do. Um, but we tend to overlook context. Mm-hmm. And, and we overlook that the, the angel of the Lord sent him right. that way. Uh, we overlook the fact that we don't know what the Egyptian law was when people were coming into their, into that country. Right. And well, the, it's good to point out that you don't have to know the we Egyptian don't have law to. because Jesus did it. Right. Right. Let's look at verse thirteen and through fifteen of Matthew two. Now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, "Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him." So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Okay, so again, back in uh, verse 14, or sorry, uh, verse 15, he remained there until the death of Herod. So he didn't stay there. I mean, they obviously went back and lived in, in uh, Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. Yeah. So they're, they're not going there to stay. They go there for a limited amount of time until the threat of being killed by Herod is gone, and then they go back. Right. And like you said, so many people try to justify with this passage, and, and we see with context that we just right. can't it, do that. Yeah, it doesn't quite fit. Right. Uh, let, let's also look at, at 1 John uh, 3, because I think when you're thinking about what Paul says in Romans, 
what Peter says in First Peter chapter 2, and you're thinking about the fact that we are, as Christians, to abide by the laws given to us, mm-hmm. well, I think we have expounded to us what is sin and what does it look like in First John chapter 3. In verse 4, John says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was made manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has never seen, neither seen him nor known him. What what John is saying here is that you've got to understand lawlessness equals sin. Right. If you do not abide by the law you've been given, you're sinning. In the context, he's saying that, you know, it's it's the law of Christ and the law of God. But it, it works both ways. Sin right. is lawlessness, but lawlessness from man's laws is also sin, like we could see in uh, Romans 13 and 1 Peter 3. Right, and, and you get a sense in this passage of a, a life that is going to be actively putting away lawlessness, mm-hmm. actively putting away the breaking of laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's what we've got to remember. What What we're trying to think about today is if we are that immigrant that is either thinking about or has already come into a it doesn't even have to be the United States right you've come into a country that is in an illegal manner mm-hmm. how are we to treat it now that we are followers of Christ right. and, and if we truly open our hearts to what the scripture says we'll see that it, it's it's wrong to go against the government Right. And, and not just our government, like you said earlier, but any government that that we are within. Yeah, and it's not just a, you know, if I, if I speed and I get a speeding ticket, I've broken the law. Right. But by living somewhere illegally, every second that you're there, you're breaking the law. Right. So you can't get away from that unless you, unless you leave. Right. Uh, and, and go back. And I don't mean to say that in a, in a harsh way, say leave, but the only way you can remove yourself from that sinful situation is to go back and, and do it in a legal way. Right. And, you know, we, we can get into the whole legality of becoming a citizen in the United mm-hmm. States. The situations don't always call for you to leave. Right. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into that because, like we said, we're focusing on Scripture. But w- we're not necessarily saying you've got to get out of this country just because you're right. illegal. We're saying you've got to do it legally. You've got to you've got to make your life right with God. Right. And that's the most important point right. of this whole topic. Right. So l- let's keep that in mind. Let's move on to our second little section here and, and talk about how we as Christians should react to those who are illegal immigrants. Or, I guess we can also say, if we are the illegal immigrant, how do we react when we've put on Christ, when right. we've started following him? What do we feel about ourselves and our circumstances? Uh, and we both talked about it a few nights ago, mm-hmm. um, and we brought up Philemon. Uh-huh. So let, yeah. let's talk about Philemon for a moment. In, in Philemon, we see an example of a master and a prisoner. And, and the relationship between them has not been probably what it should be mm-hmm. uh, because we see it, it in some way, fashion, or form, Onesimus, who is the prisoner, the servant, um, he's, he runs away, he's sent away, something is done, mm-hmm. um, and Paul comes in contact with him. 
And I want to read just this account as to what Paul has to say when he's writing back to Philemon, who is the master of the servant. Starting in verse 8, he says, Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I'd rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You, therefore, receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that I would, on, that on your behalf he might minister to me in the chains for the gospel. But without your consent I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put it on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. So, so let's look at the parallel that we see here in Philemon. We have three really main characters in this passage. Mm -hmm. We have Philemon, who is the lawgiver. He, he's the owner of this servant. Mm -hmm. We have Onesimus, who is someone who's run away. A former and, slave. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a former slave. He still should be a slave, mm -hmm. but in some way, form, or fashion, he's gotten away. Um, and then we have Paul, who is trying to steer both Onesimus and Philemon in the right direction. Right. Um, and and let, let's look and see what's happening. First, we have Paul saying to Philemon, Onesimus has changed. He's a new man. He's put on Christ. Mm -hmm. He's not the same servant that you last saw before he was away from you. He, he's come to Christ, and he's a brother now, and he wants to be seen as a brother. Mm -hmm. um, so we have him talking to Philemon, but then he's also, you can imagine, saying to Onesimus, you've got to go back. Right. You've got to go back and, and fulfill that duty that you've been given. Um, because as Christians, we understand we've been given things that we have to do that we might not always be happy about. Mm -hmm. um, so Onesimus' behavior is what? It, it's repentance. Right. And that's, you know, that's the whole Christian life is repentance. If you put on Christ, you're done with the life you've lived. And you, you, you make things right. And whether it was that you're, whether it be that you're going back to things the way you used to do them, or, uh, you know, by going back to being a slave for uh, Philemon, you have to make those changes in your life, and you have to do the hard thing. Yeah. And for Onesimus, you can imagine, it, it'd probably be pretty hard to go from being a free man to making yourself a slave again. Right, right. You, you mentioned earlier um, the idea of speeding, right? Yeah. And we can't be speeding. On my way to Nathaniel's house today, I mean, there's some fun roads that we probably could speed around, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and have some fun on them. Uh, but we're told to obey the laws of the land. Right. And, and we, I'm making an easy, I'm not making light of what we're talking about, but that's an easy example of I've just got to do what's right. All I right. can't do what's going to be pleasing to me. And, and that's exactly what I see Paul saying to Onesimus. Mm -hmm. you, you've got to make this right. You're a Christian, but you're also a servant. Right. And, and you need to fulfill that servanthood. 
Yeah, and let's look at the other side of the coin. How was Paul reacting to Onesimus? Right, that's a good point. He was he was he brought him in with hospitality. He showed him, you know, the way of Christ and you know urged him to do the right thing. And I think we should be doing the exact same thing with people that we approach who may be illegal immigrants or uh, anyone who's not living the way they should. Right. Right. And and let's just move to Matthew 25 because okay. me and you have talked about it uh, several times and, and we're still trying to keep uh the, the thought in mind, how am I as a Christian supposed to treat those around us who might be wrapped up in this, this sin that we've already called it? Right. Uh, not obeying the laws of the land is lawlessness, it's sin. How, how do we treat these people? Um, in, in Matthew chapter 25, um, and, and I actually want to go back a little bit, um, starting in verse uh, 34, is that where? Mm-hmm. 34 says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. I think that speaks volumes to how we're to treat every single person on this planet. Right. But especially those who are maybe considered lesser Mm -hmm. in this world. Uh, and not in the not in the spiritual sense by any means. No, but the the poor, or whether you're coming from a uh, a third world third world country or second world country, wherever you're coming from, you, you know you may be considered lesser. But we have every opportunity or every responsibility and obligation to treat them with you know the utmost respect and do what everything everything that we can to to help them. Right. Right, and, and and that shows that Christ-like love that we're supposed to be spreading in this world. And so often we can say, oh, we have the love of Christ because Christ loves us and we love others. But sometimes we overlook the fact that we're supposed to love those who don't love us. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to love those who don't love God. Right. And that's a tough thing to think about. Yeah. Um, because I get frustrated with people who, you know, openly do not care about God, yeah. openly do not care about going against his law and and while we can get frustrated we have to understand that they're a soul just like ours they're a sinner just like us and we're supposed to give them that love that christ gave us it's it's kind of a sobering thought to think jesus is saying you didn't give me clothes when i needed them you didn't give me something to drink when i was thirsty he's like when when are you when are you talking about like that that guy you saw last week on the side of the road who needed something and you didn't give it to him. Or, you know, maybe any opportunity that you have, especially with the needs of the saints. Right, right. And it's, I know a lot of Christians who will say, we just need to get those immigrants out of here. They, they don't belong here, they need to get out of here. And I don't know if that's the right attitude that we need to have. Sure. Uh, while they may be doing wrong, we don't have to treat them... Poorly to <laughs> poorly. teach them. I, yeah. I don't see Paul going up to Onesimus no. and treating him poorly, <laughs> saying, hey, get out of here. 
no. go back. I mean, I, I see love. Right. Um, I, I see a love. And, and what we have to understand, what we have to teach those of the world is love doesn't always mean saying, don't forget about the law. Forget mm-hmm. about the law. You're fine the way you are. Sometimes love is rebuking. It's correcting. It's guiding to that right path. It's like um, Paul when Paul uh, rebuked Peter. Right, right. And, and the way Peter was acting toward the Gentiles is kind of the way some Christians act toward legal immigrants. Sure, So sure. there's a lot of different parallels we can draw, but I want to look at Hebrews 13 in verse 2. It says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. That's a, that's a pretty little sobering over my thought, head. too. A little over my head. I mean, <laughs> to, to think that there might be an angel in our midst, I mean, we have to be treating everyone right. with, with love and respect, and that's a sobering thought. Yeah. Otherwise, that angel could see what we do and report back to God, and, you know, did we do what we should have done? Right, right. And, and do we always think about that? The answer is no. Right. We, we forget about entertaining angels mm-hmm. and we only act on emotion and how we feel about certain things instead of acting on how God feels about certain things mm-hmm. and another way we can um, behave like looking at the next verse of Hebrews 13 verse 3 remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated since you yourselves are in the body if we have Christians who are here illegally or whatever situation they're in we have to remember them and to, to empathize with them. I think that's what this verse is really kind of going towards, is saying empathize with these people so that you can relate to them on a, on a different level because you're all in the body of Christ. You all have a, a duty and responsibility to each other to, uh, to love without hypocrisy. That's, that's in the next verse we're going to be going over. Who, who would have thought that putting yourself in somebody's shoes would be a spiritual Thing, right? <laughs> I mean, who would have thought? thought? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're taught that as young kids, you know, treat people by putting yourself in their shoes and seeing where they're coming That's from. That's the golden rule. That's exactly what the writer in Hebrews is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, put yourself on the same plane as them. Right. See what they're coming from. Want to do everything to help them, but don't be over them in any way. Right. You're, you're, you're just like them. We're all in the same boat. We're all on this earth. We've all sinned, and we all need Jesus. And in order to obtain that hope that Jesus brings, we must follow him. Uh, and that includes treating the government, giving the government their due respect. Exactly. And I want to look at one last verse before we close out. Our, our duty as Christians to really behave in a way that's going to help everyone. Let's look at Romans 12. Starting in verse 9, I'm going to go to 13. Verse 13. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, preserving in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Contributing to the needs of the saints, is that, that's, that's a really what I want to point at in this whole verse. We have a duty to do all of these things. But if we have immigrants who are here, who are Christians, they need to know what they're doing may not be right, may not be right in the eyes of God. And we need to be devoted to prayer, 
to be engaged in prayer with these people to, to let them know there, there needs to be a change that you can't be continuing in, in sin right. and be right in the eyes of God. Right. We also need to be contributing to their needs. And your, your version say contributing. My mm-hmm. version says distributing. Uh, in our time, in our country, uh, it's so easy to see that and say, how much money you need? Right. Just, just what, what, how much money can I give you? But I don't think that's what is being talked about by Paul. I, I think it's more of a anything they need. We, we're to distribute ourselves. Right. We're to contribute ourselves. And, and not only ourselves, but we're to distribute Christ. We're to give them Christ. What, what Christ gave me, we're to give to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, when we see what Paul wrote in this aspect, it makes doing good to others so much easier. Mm-hmm. To see what Christ gave to me, and now I'm going to give that to you, whether it be my time, whether it be the knowledge that I've obtained, not that I have a lot, but I have some that I've <laughs> obtained through Scripture and through being taught. I can pass that on to somebody who hasn't been taught the same way as me. Um, and when we're specifically talking maybe to a, a Christian who is in this specific circumstance to where they're struggling with themselves being a legal immigrant or maybe family, um, the best thing we can do is show them what Scripture says mm-hmm. and try to sh- lead them to the path that leads ultimately to heaven, right. to Christ. And if, if you happen to be, you out there, happen to be an illegal immigrant, or you have family members who are, or you know someone who is, really consider verses like Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 that, that talk about being in subjection to the government. And how does that apply to you? How does that apply to them, the person that you, that you love who is an illegal immigrant? Is that right in the eyes of God? God will certainly have grace on, on those, but if, if we can do anything we can to stay away from a life of sin, we have a duty and responsibility to do that. Right. So we as Christians are, are called in this world to be different. We're, we're called mm-hmm. to be a light. We're called to be something different that, that cares for not only ourselves, but those around us. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the lesson for us is, are, are we speaking out to those that need to hear it? Mm-hmm. There are people caught up in this, um, and they just don't know the right way out. And who's to say that the only way they're going to know is if we speak up and we say, look, this is what the Bible says. This is what God has to say for us. And here's how it affects your life. This isn't just for me. This is for everyone who would be willing to accept it. So I guess in closing, we're, we're not saying go to these people and say, get out. No, of course not. We're, no, we're not saying not. that at all. What we're saying is bring Christ and allow that to make changes in their life. Right. We, we don't have to make changes for other people. Sometimes I get so annoyed that I can't control other people, right. that I can't control every aspect, aspect of their lives, but Christ should. And if we can show them that, mm-hmm. then, then positive changes will take place. All right, so thank you guys for being with us, uh, AJ and uh, Jonah. I uh, really appreciate it. I think that was a great lesson, something we all need to hear. It's a very relevant topic today, especially when we talk about our government, things we agree and disagree on as Americans. So, uh, so AJ, again, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, Jonah, thank you. Thank very, you. Very well-prepared lessons. Um, so next time in Episode 6, we're going to be talking about evidence of the resurrection Hope you guys can listen to that. That thing is that episode is going to be really good for people who 
want to have a little bit more um, backing for their faith, you know, because as Christians, we're not expected to blindly believe things. We're expected to have some sort of reasoning for why we have faith. The Bible is what it is, and that is one of those lessons that's going to really give us some good evidence, both secular and uh, uh, out of the Bible, both good evidence for uh, why we believe that the resurrection actually did.